Hello, fellow nerds. Check out our network site, nerdsloth.com. You can also connect with us on social media like the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. If you like what you hear, look for Nerdsloth on Patreon and consider donating to help us continue delivering quality shows straight to your ears. If you'd like to help the shows out for free, head over to iTunes and write a heartfelt review. I mean it. Make me cry happy tears. But seriously, though, anything you can do really helps us out and we love you for it. I'm Johnny C, and you're listening to Adrian Has Issues. Hey guys, welcome to Adrian Has Issues. <laughs> I'm already struggling to do the intro to my own podcast because it's not like I've only done this, what, some 80-something times already, but there's a reason for that. The two gentlemen I'm talking to today, I've known for, oh gosh, it's been what, two, three years now? Yeah, at least that. Been that long? I'm trying to think now because, okay, it's 2017 now. Adrian has issues as its current form has been around since the winter of 2015. But I don't remember. I might have actually met you during the other show. Maybe just in walking the floor, just as a con attendee. Yeah. Because I know I ran into you at one of the New York Comic Cons. We have Mark Frankel, which, oh my gosh, you got a lot of letters behind your name these days. <laughs> Let's say CEO and COO, so you're the CO coup. <laughs> I'm the Cuyo. <laughs> of Wayward Raven Media, which, I mean, if you've heard the show, we've name dropped you guys enough, but you never actually had you on because I'm a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> we want a reputation to precede us. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, like, I've had other people adjacent to you, but not you guys exactly. It's actually funny, too, because I remember when we did that panel, uh, Johnny sees like, when I said who we were, they're like, oh, my God, I've heard of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Johnny C, by the way. That was so much fun. That dude's awesome. Oh, yeah. I love that interview, dude. <laughs> That's great. But that voice right there is Alexander Sepanzis. Drumroll, please. <laughs> the CTO and creative director of Wayward Raven Media. Welcome to the show, and hey, this is the first time you're on, and um, Alex, thank you for pestering me. My pleasure, Adrian. He does that to everyone. Pester, that is. You know, annoy, irritate, (laughs) kind of like like an itch between your legs you can't quite scratch. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to be creative director, you got to be that guy, I guess, or that woman. You know, I mean, not to the point that Alex does it, but, you know... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but no, thank you so much. Even though this is the first time you've been formerly a guest on a podcast, you guys have kind of been there pretty much from the beginning, and you're sort of as uh, every part of the show as anyone else. I mean, matter of fact, it was um, thanks to you guys that I got introduced to James Emmett, mm-hmm. um, which is funny because um, he was on, oh, that was way back. Yeah. That was like episode maybe 16, 19, when he was just releasing- um, The Committee. The committee, yes, the committee. (laughs) Which, shout out to James, by the way, super cool. And it's like, between that, and you guys did a really cool intro for the show, and I think I missed you at New York Comic Con 2016, but we did, of course, the uh, the roundtable for Creator Aftercon, which, oh my god, you guys are out of your minds. That was awesome. (laughs) 
Oh, that was the best. <laughs> like, I don't know if this was intentional, but it's like there seemed to be like this weird divide between the tables, a really long table that pretty much stretched the entire back. Because on one side, you have like, you know, Dennis Knight's there, Erica Schultz, Jacob Way. And then as soon as you get, uh, it's like a weird sliding scale of like awesome slash crazy. Because then once you get towards like Sean Gorman, then of course it's like you guys. And it's like, okay, then Johnny C. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right about Sean Gorman, it starts to go downhill. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that was intentional, but... Well, they try to keep us away from the other children, you know? it's We don't play well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you said yourself, the divide, it ranged from professionals to uh, crazy persons. <laughs> and, you know, just having us two with Johnny C just <laughs> really cemented that. <laughs> I was going to say, we shouldn't be allowed in one room together. <laughs> oh my god, no. <laughs> we joke a lot, and you two are really horrible towards each other, but you know what? It comes out of a place of love. Sure it does. Sure, sure it does. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> For two guys that are pretty much at the forefront of this, I couldn't imagine it working if it were any other way, because if you guys weren't like this, it wouldn't be fun, and you probably resent each other a lot more, and if I know anything about my best friend, you know, we've said some pretty, like, terrible things, but again, anybody who I'm really cool with, if I'm too polite, you know I probably don't like you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, if we stop having fun, we stop doing this. I mean, there's no... Pretty you much. know what I mean? And, and to be honest, when you're out there at a con... I mean, it's, it can be a long day. You know, you're eight, out standing eight to ten hours sometimes. And if you're not having fun, why the hell are you there? You know? Exactly. Well, especially goes with, um, you know, just being at a table with somebody else for more than a day. You got to be able to tolerate the person, I think. Yeah. You know, and not even just tolerate, be friends. Because between the banter and just the de- dealing with stress, you know, because it's it's not just fun and games. It's, it's work. And there's been many times we've been stressed out with each other. But we still crack jokes, and that kind of helps deal with things. Right. So you got to be able to joke person you're with at the table. Yeah. I've only strangled him once or twice. <laughs> like at the con? Yeah. Over the table, screaming, getting pulled apart by security guards. Yeah. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I really sit down and think about it, I really don't know the backstory of wayward raven so i don't know if you guys want to kind of go into a little bit of you know your origin story if you will if you want to use that term but you know so how did this all really come about it actually came together and and i can i can give you a little bit of insight i don't think you've ever met or yeah you've probably met josh but um you know he's uh he was out in new york comic-con this past year but uh, he didn't come which josh was Joshua Jones, Joshua L.A. Jones, L.A. <laughs> L.A. Jones. Uh, he's our, you know, creative silent director. Bob. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit silent Bob. He's he's one of our writers. He does a lot of our social media, that sort of stuff. He's kind of you know part marketer, part creative director, and and he and I have known each other for a long time. We have other things that you know we're, we're both Steeler fans and uh, both grew up in the same town, that sort of thing. Known each other both both writers and, and um, started a- actually wrote stage plays together for a little bit and, and were abysmal at it. I mean, you, you couldn't, <laughs> we had some great <laughs> ideas and just, you just couldn't, you know, when you started looking at it, you're like, wow, that's a great idea. And we can't do that. And, and that's a great idea. And we're not going to say that. And, and, oh my God, no, we definitely can't show that. And what we realized was the medium was wrong. We realized that stage place was just not the right place to do what we want to do, but comic books where anything is possible, 
and so we took some of our ideas, kind of reformatted them, you know, made, made them much bigger in a lot of ways and, uh, and started looking for artists at the same time. I took a job in the city and I'm also a human resources person. I do recruiting. I've done it for media for a long time. Happened to be looking for a developer, spoke with Alex and, and, uh, you know, we ended up, uh, he came in and interviewed with me and, and I don't think we actually, Alex, do we, do we even talk about, you know, anything other than comic books? Maybe the entire I try to get you to actually ask me work related things. And <laughs> the best part about it is the office we were working in was in the same building as DC comics back when they were still in New York. So awesome. I'm in there, you know, major media company, try, you know, trying to be serious, you know, my best foot forward. The elevator stops right before I get to his office, and I see the DC murals, and I was like, "Wait, wait, what?" what? <laughs> <laughs> so I Someone hit the door open. Hit the door right up. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, um, maybe I'm going to the wrong floor here. But then I get off at the elevator to, and I'm, you know, I'm going to Mark's office, and then I see in his office he's got this huge poster, like, uh, what was it, the uh, the 52 weeks later poster or something like that, or it was, yeah. it was like or Trinity, I think. And then I see he's got uh, Sandman as well yeah. in his office and the Superman mug or something like that. Basically, his office had all this comic book stuff. And if I wasn't in the context of an interview, I was going to tell him, hold on, hold on a second, dude. Let me just step outside and make sure I'm in the right place because <laughs> this, does, this, this does not make any sense. But yeah, like yeah. Mark was saying, yeah, we talked comics throughout the entire interview, <laughs> which totally cast a different shadow when I went to talk to my the technical people. And I'm still thinking comics. <laughs> um, I did interview with one of the heads of engineering who was a big Star Wars fan. So he had like the Star Wars Legos and all the Star Wars stuff in his office. So I'm wondering if that will help me get the job too. <laughs> After that, yeah. we actually had this idea for, for Damn Heroes came out of, out of some of that. Because we're such fans of a lot of things, we like to poke fun at it, of it too. And that's where the the whole Sebastian normal guy stuck in a city full of superheroes sort of thing happened with damn heroes. And we just got to kind of pick on everything that, that we love. Yeah. It started off as just basically conversations over lunch. I forgot, I forgot what actually spurred the whole thing, but I know we started talking. Uh, I had mentioned I was an artist and I had tried my hand at doing comics and he was telling me about him and Josh trying to do comics. And I think that was actually since it was close enough to New York comic con where I already had my tickets and that's where yes. it's, it really started going, you know, because that that was back when you you were go, you were already going with Josh under Aegis. That was pre Wayward Raven. Yeah, we learned a great lesson from that. Um, nobody knows what the fuck Aegis means, and uh, if you're going to name a company or something, name it something that people can enunciate. <laughs> the best part is Aegis is a Greek word, and <laughs> I couldn't pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> So what does that even mean then? It's a shield, essentially. It's a, it's a protection. Um, it, technically, the Aegis was, um, if I remember correctly, it's the, the head of Medusa put upon uh, Athena's shield. Oh, okay. Now I'm with you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very cool stuff. I mean, we had this great idea. We're like, yeah, we're basically like shield comics, you know? Yeah. Sure, we were. Looked at, yeah, they're, they're like, hey, uh, uh, who is Aegis? Aegis? Like, right, Aegis? Are you Aegis? Uh, okay. No. We're the best part was Aegis Pub, like we were a pub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and, and I got marketing materials. Like, 
for whatever reason, we, we maybe registered the name or something like that or started using the name. And I started getting like emails and calls and stuff like that. Like, Hey, market your pug, Aegis. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That was, that was awesome. But yeah, we, um, we actually, our very first show was New York Comic Con 2012. And we were just That's there it, in yeah. time with two books and, uh, and literally maybe 10 damn hero strips that we just printed out and we're selling to people for a buck a pop. Yeah. And that was actually my first time. Um, actually no, all of our first times behind the table. So we didn't know what the hell we were doing. <laughs> no, I knew what I was doing. Oh, oh shit. Sure. <laughs> it, was, it was you two assholes. that had no idea. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> Damn it. Follow my lead. I mean, you must have done something, right? I mean, you guys are still here. You're still doing this. So, obviously, it, there was some success to be had. Oh, yeah. Actually, we, we had a great show. And, mm-hmm. and I think in part because we were having fun and just enjoying being there. And, you know, it was it was a good environment, too, because we were over with uh, the Artist Alley tables. And, and uh, you know, that was the first year they started putting that all the way over to the side. Right. Um, in that whole other section. Which kind of jammed everybody up, I think, for the first day until people figured out that they could go over there. But then after that, it was great. You know, we, we actually sat next to some really cool folks and, and had some great conversations with people and got to pick their brain on stuff. I'm kind of a bit of a sales guy, too. It's not really what I do, but it's also kind of what I do. And, and so that environment, I've been in retail environments when I was you know in high school and college and stuff like that. So it wasn't really an intimidating environment because you're just, you're talking to everybody, you know? Right. And if you're having fun, people know it and they want to come talk to you, you know? You know, and it's something that gets said a lot, but presence at a convention means so much because, you know, I've walked past tables and, you know, there's, there are people who maybe they're like, okay, they're doing a sketch and maybe it might be hard for them to look up at that particular moment. But then there's some people and, you know, it, it happens because you know what? It's exhausting. And I'm sure walking around is exhausting, but also being at a table is exhausting. So, you know, you'll see sometimes people are tired, like they're trying so best to, to engage. But, you know, by Sunday afternoon, you're, you're really kind of hitting empty. But yet, yeah, I think about all the tables that I went to and all the memorable moments were people who, even if they weren't necessarily like hopping over the table and hugging you, but yet they were interested. Someone's willing to go out of their way to walk up to your table out of countless other people. So it's like, you really got to honor that. And also the other person will honor that. So, you know, you hopefully have a good experience. And that's something that I always took away from when I met you guys at um, your table, where it's like, I had no idea what these books were, but yet, because I had such a good experience with you, it then informed me, it's like, hey, you know what? I like those guys. They were really cool. Let me check out their stuff. And then, of course, you start telling other people and word of mouth goes that way. And I guess it's a long way to go to say, you know what? It's great when you're not an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, I mean, you know, more than normal, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, listen, we, we, we openly admit we're both assholes, but. No, trust me. I've met, no, I, I've gone to cons and I've I've met some. It was it was not that you would not be on the show. Believe me, because some of them are doozies. But I don't want to get into that right now. <laughs> but yeah, no. But but presentation is everything, man. If you're if it's eleven thirty on a Saturday and you're slumping in your chair and just sitting back and hoping people come to you, guess what? They're not going to. You know, if you're not going out and talking to them and actively engaging them, and you know, I don't want to talk to someone who can't look me in the eye. You know can't be bothered to acknowledge I'm there, you know? Yeah. 
that's happened, and that's that's crushing. Yeah, it's like, well, all right, then I'll just move on to the next table because these guys might actually want to talk to me. And yeah, you do great artwork, but I don't care. Like, I don't know. I mean, granted, I'm not going to say the name, but this was, and this was fairly early on, so I get it. I really didn't have like my whole spiel down pat and not that i kind of rehearsed the same material but you know you kind of know the angle you want to come from but essentially i was talking to somebody and kind of letting them know you know like what they might have being a guest or whatever so they kind of looked up and they're like and i handed the card so it's like oh what did they say it's like oh so you're not from xyz company xyz it's like no then he just shut down and i'm like oh okay um it's like that yeah yeah, yeah, I'm like, you know what? Not for nothing. Mad respect for not giving respect. At least you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I think I might have just, yeah, I might have said I, something. I know the feeling because I, I always take it from the approach of being on the other side of the table. When I first started going to cons, you know what the saying is, uh, don't meet your heroes. There were a couple times where I meet, I, I, you know, I met people who did web comics or comics that I loved. I was really passionate about their work. And then upon meeting them, they, they gave me an attitude like that. It's like, you know what? I, I'm maybe just don't buy your next book. Yeah. You know, right there, you lost a sale. You lost somebody who was your advocate. But even that, you were just, you're being a dick. <laughs> you know, it's a long day. You know, I'm willing to forgive a bit. And I know I don't have the energy. I'll tell people straight. I'm like, listen, I'm tired, but I'm not ignoring you. So let's have a conversation. Or if I'm drawing, I'll be like, you know, I, I make sure to make eye contact every, every so often and say, hey, yeah, yeah I got to finish commission, but please, I'm, I'm listening. Just know that I'm listening. Um, yeah. Because I think just even that goes such a long way of making a connection with another person, you know, and just not being a dick. Yeah, because I've had people be like, look, I'm exhausted. You know, especially like I said, towards the end of the weekend, you get it. People are drained. You're working. You're essentially working a job. It's not necessarily a nine to five type, but yet this is still someone's livelihood. So yeah, of course, it's like, it, it's rough to kind of do that all day. So someone, and people have said, Hey, you know, I'm tired or, okay, can we maybe come back at a different time? And it's like, cool. And then you hope to come back and, you know, that's fine. But. It's like I said, it's another thing to be a complete dick altogether and then just be like, I don't want to talk to you. Unless just for any particular reason, like, okay, maybe you've had prior dealings with this person or, you know, because I mean, there are people who, you know, they'll talk a big game, but you know, you know, they're not really taking anything seriously. So I'm sure that happens too. But, you know, it's, it's weird, like, con dynamic. Like, it's like, I kind of wish I were a sociologist or like some psychologist because that would be so much fun to really get into the heads of what goes on at these shows. I'll tell you what. If you don't take the time to at least be nice to everybody, you ruin your own brand, you know? Yeah. You can go be an asshole behind closed doors. That's fine. You know, you, you want to go and, and go troll people on the internet and whatever it is that you that gives you joy. Fine. You know, go do that. But if you're out there and you're trying to sell something, you completely screw up your brand. If you can't take at least the, the basic amount of time with someone and, and talk to them. And, and even if you do say, look, I'm really tired or... Hey man, I hope you don't mind if I just kind of sit down because it's been a long day or whatever. Yeah, that's fine. But that very first show we did, we we sat next to uh, you know incredible artist and uh, good dude. You know, does some really great artwork. And I'm not gonna name names, but um, you know, at one point partway through the show, because I talk to everybody, I literally will make contact with anyone I can, anyone who will talk to me. Whatever. Alex will testify that. Uh, don't yeah, we try to stop lot. him, but it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Get a gag. Get worst of all gag, damn it. Uh, 
Now that um, only excites him. Yeah, yeah, that only makes me talk more. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, he, he said to me at one point, he's like, listen, what are you going to learn that not everybody's a sale? And I looked at him, I said, no, look, everybody's a sale. You know, they may not want what I have, but everybody at some point is a sale. You know, just because I'm not making what they want now doesn't mean in a year or two I'm not, or it doesn't mean that, you know, we're going to get to do a, a cool podcast like this one, or, or you know, we're not going to meet somebody who maybe wants to pull us in another project or whatever. My father would tell you it cost me nothing to be nice. But what he always meant by that was it costs you a lot when you're not. Oh, shit. <laughs> that, that's all the wisdom you're getting from me tonight. <laughs> it's over. I'm full. <laughs> I'd like to think that the people I engage with, I know the word friends, you know, means certain things. And I understand we're not mm-hmm. friends in the case of we're not like hanging out at each other's houses playing Xbox or, you know, whatever. I mean, we could. I don't know. I've never been approached, but I'm always down. But the idea of just being friendly, maybe it's that way, or at least being cordial. Think about it. What what exactly are we selling? Yes, we're, we're literally selling books, but we're also selling ourselves. And if they're not buying the book, we want them to buy us. Meaning we want them to, to we want to engage them so that they're going to remember us, but in a positive way. They might not buy the book today, but who knows? Maybe next year in New York Comic Con, which has happened to us, they'll yep. say, oh, I remember you guys from last year. You guys yep. were cool. I didn't have any money last year. Let me buy something now. Or you know what? What new things do you have? And that's how you build relationships. And that's really what all of us independents are, is we're, we're building relationships. We're building a fan base, you know, or friendships, if you want to call it. Because, yeah, some of the people come to our tables, I'd love to go grab a beer with them, hang out and talk. Not the ones that come for Mark, because <laughs> they like Mark. <laughs> At least he didn't say no one likes Mark. no one likes mark for long (laughs) (laughs) i know but granted though you you bottle hooch like that's an important skill to have it's like you know mark's such a jackass but you know what i like his beer (laughs) yeah yeah exactly i mean that's you know people can be bought (laughs) (laughs) friends can be bought have a higher price tag (laughs) (laughs) and some you Uh, can only rent (laughs) The higher the ABV, the more friendly they are. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Honestly, that's that's the secret. I mean, if there's any secret, it's just, you know, don't be a fucking douchebag and, and, you know, treat everybody kind of like you want to be treated when you're on the other side of that table. But it's crazy from just being like a con attendee to now like starting to network them. And I'm actually shocked I kind of managed to pull it off a little bit because I remember like the first like major con I ever went to, I think it was New York Comic Con, like that first year, uh, it was 2006, 2007, where I was having so much fun, but I kind of wasn't sure the vibe. Like, I don't know. I've never been to jail. But it kind of felt a little jail-like because I'm like, all right, let me keep my head down. Let me not talk to anybody because I don't want to, you know, accidentally get shanked by like a, you know, Spider-Man cosplay or anything like that. Did you beat up the? Fir- Did you beat up your first roommate? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry, but you and I are in line together, and I'm gonna take you out. Well, considering the, the amount of times that I would like my former co-host and my friend who used to run with me a lot of the shows, you know, nine or ten times, I would probably accost him because it'd just be like, I just met so-and-so and I'm like shaking the kid. And it's like, I felt so bad. Like, he probably has so many concussions because of my geeking out moments. 
But um, it was, I would say, shoot, what year was this? This was the second year of Comic-Con. So 2007, what's his name from Kuwait and Cambria? Claudio Sanchez was doing a signing. Mm-hmm. At, um, and this was like, I've never met him before. And I'm like, obviously, I'm a very huge fan and I won't shut up about him. But so I'm like, oh, shit, he's going to be in your Comic-Con. This is crazy. So... I remember, like, Gore's online trying to find out their signing schedule. So I'm there, like, I gotta get there. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a guy, you know, he's in his band. He's super popular. And I'm sure when they get there, it's gonna be like this line going down the, the hall. And he, there's gonna be like a big entrance and there's gonna be cameras. Like, I actually thought, like, it was gonna be like this whole big deal. So I walk up to his booth and I realize no one's there. And I'm like, well, I am kind of early. I'm just gonna hang out. You know, I might as well. I got a good spot. So I'm just waiting and waiting. And I'm like, Where's the entrance? Like, where's the big, you know, like, this guy is, like... So, next thing you know, there's a guy in the corner, like, kind of with his head down, looking at his phone. And I guess come time for signing, he just stands up. It's like, all right, so, hey, guys, uh, so who's first? And I'm like, wait a minute. So, there's no... there's Where's all the pomp? Where's the lights? Like, where's your music playing? Where's the pyrotechnics? And it's just, like, he's a regular-ass dude. (laughs) And... I was really shocked, but at the same time, I think that's kind of what changed my con experience was I realized that these people, no matter how popular they are or how popular you think they are or whatever, at the end of the day, they're just people. Yeah. I think in a way that completely changed my trajectory and in a way, like long before I even thought about doing a podcast, I think it really helped to realize that, you know what, at the end of the day, these are all people and they're able to, you know, be creative and be awesome and hopefully make some form of living off of doing the thing that they love, but yet they're not much different from you or from me and kind of approaching people at booths and at shows and any other sort of networking things that we do. Once I kind of got that in my head, it made everything so much easier. Yeah. Well, the cool thing too, sometimes some of those smaller shows are even better because, you know, you get to meet those folks and actually hang out and talk to them a little bit. You know, yeah. Sometimes you go to the big shows and it's like, okay, come get your autograph, take a picture. Okay, move along. Next, you know what I mean? You you go to some of the smaller shows sometimes, and it's like you can hang out, talk for a bit, you know, whatever. Oh yeah, I, I've gotten so many people jealous of like of the photos I've taken just because you know they're like, how come that never happens at New York Comic Con? Because it's New York Comic Con. It's not mm-hmm. East big. Philadelphia or something. <laughs> and we have seen pretty much. You know, big, big, giant shows like New York Comic Con, and we have done some terrible shows. <laughs> that which, shall not be named. <laughs> yeah, which shall not be named. But, you know, I mean, it's. You can't uh, get the it whole was much gamut. smaller last year. <laughs> oh, my God. It's not quite as big as this one. What? Nothing is as small as this one. <laughs> <laughs> Things you don't want to hear <laughs> at a what? con or the yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't quite as big as this one. Well, shh. Yeah, um, I guess without naming names, you want to go into that story? <laughs> <laughs> no, I really don't. I, you know, it's, sometimes it's just best left unsaid that we were at a convention that uh, didn't quite turn out like we thought it would, and yeah, yeah, we had some we have some funny lines from it, not a lot of money. <laughs> Although on the bright side, I did get a really badass Galactus. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like saying I got stricken with terminal cancer, but hey, I got this really badass Galactus. <laughs> The way the way he said that, always on the right like, side. The way you said that, it sounded like a sexual position, like something <laughs> happened to you. Oh gosh, it's like I feel like we should just cut the commercials. Like, do you suffer from Galactus? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, try try the prophylactic. 
But see, has your Star Lord not been getting up lately? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny considering that now he's not even a destroyer of worlds. Like he like restores life, so I mean anything's possible. Oh God, uh, he's the interior decorator of worlds. <laughs> <laughs> I think this planet's feng shui is off. Ah, uh, yes. I think you need a happy little tree over here. Damn it, Bob Ross. <laughs> oh my God, that's gonna be the best mashup. <laughs> can be done oh dude there you go and now we've created now we've created the next thing that alex is going to draw and we're going to sell the convention (laughs) well speaking of stuff that alex draws you right you know what we probably should talk some damn heroes yes yeah sure why not (laughs) this is your product man (laughs) you gotta sell that shit you gotta be like yeah damn right we're gonna sell some damn heroes damn it talk damn heroes now damn it or as that one guy said darn heroes because we don't we shouldn't be saying damn (laughs) wait what yeah, I think we did have someone have a problem with damn heroes. Well, yeah, one person had a problem with it, but another person had it, thankfully, as a joke. And yeah. um, a friend of mine, he um, uh, he's my former mentor, and he, and he came out to a show because I told him we're going to be in Connecticut. He's from Connecticut. Him and his wife came by, an older gentleman with, with his wife. And he's got a dirty mind, but he, he likes to play it off as the, the innocent old codger. So okay. he's like, damn heroes. It should be darn. <laughs> Gosh, and ever since heroes. then, he just kept referring to it as darn heroes. Okay, because I thought someone actually like said that sincerely. No, like I think there's one or two people who um was looking for something for their kids, and then they saw they saw it was a cartoon, so they automatically assumed it was super kid friendly. But then they said damn heroes, and they they gave me this look. Oh, like somehow you're the asshole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, just because it's a cartoon doesn't always mean it's for kids. Yeah, like what is that? Why does that always seem to happen? Like, and it keeps happening. It's a historically American thing where they just always assumed cartoons was was for kids, you know, because think about all the major American cartoons were originally intended for children. Although when you really think about it, too, a lot of the childish humor wasn't really kid friendly as we would equate now. Not at all. But they, didn't th- they don't think about that. Yeah. Considering the fact that Warner Brothers cartoons used to be shown before, like, legitimate cinema. <laughs> Like, matter of fact, I keep forgetting that fact every so often. I mean, granted, it's because, you know, there's all these World War II references, but, um, like, I love that scene in, like, the first Captain America where, you know, Steve Rogers sitting in the theater and the guy's heckling. It's like, come on, start the cartoon. And it's like, what a weird thing to yell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm so angry to have to see war. I just want to see Bugs Bunny, damn it. I want to see bugs do violent things to people, damn it. Oh, boy. So, yeah, I don't think I ever got the chance to ask you. So, how did Damn Heroes get started? He and I started kicking it back and forth. We would talk about stuff that we were either reading in comics or just riffing off of each other of stupid things that happened in superhero comics, the tropes and stuff. I'm trying to remember where it came up with the idea of a regular guy in a town full of superheroes. And then we came up with the premise. I think the premise started of let's. what's the most... Because the idea of overly righteous and stupid superheroes came out right off the bat. But we were trying to think of, like, what would be the dumbest thing to happen to a normal person? They're like, and one of us came up with the idea of he probably would go to jail for something really silly and trivial. And eventually that became going five miles over the speed limit. I think the idea of Judge Judy Dreadful came up really early on. (laughs) No relation, yeah. Yeah, and it was just it was a lot of back and forth of like what what could kind of um what can we do to make it sillier without going I guess too python esque 
Yeah, and like it's just evolved since. I mean, that's it's it's a constant back and forth. Like Mark, a lot of, like or especially in the beginning, Mark would write a lot of the script the scripts. I'd read them, and then I'd start saying, "Hey, what about this? What about this?" And since we we used to share, you know, work we worked in the same company for about what was it, two years, Mark? Three, dude. Three years. Yeah, with three before you know you were unceremoniously removed or ejected. Almost <laughs> out of my petard. <laughs> So yeah, Mark, since he worked in human resources, he was he had the luxury of having an office. So whenever he wasn't interviewing with a potent, you know, with somebody, I'd pop in there, we start cracking jokes. And our, our office environment was fairly loose about these sort of things. I mean, for a while people were, you know, joking around about it, like, oh, you guys do your comics again. But a lot of it would just be us riffing off of off of things either in his office or at lunch or even amongst other coworkers. Yeah, that's it just kind of grew from that. Yeah, I think they went. We went from like having fun, kind of pointing out the things that that make us laugh or annoy us about comics or whatever, to they're kind of these you know real characters now, where they get into situations that still make us laugh, and we still pull from some pop culture or just things that happen in your life or whatever. I think I think it's kind of evolved into a little bit more of a of a comic strip at this point, but mm-hmm. just with the assumption that hey, we're still in this city full of superheroes and. You know, Sebastian still has five years of community service. Um, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we still put him through stuff that's just, you know, in fact, the current run right now that we're doing, we've got him locked in uh, basically the Hall of Justice or, you know, uh, the equivalent of their office. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. After hours, <laughs> doing cleanup duty. The administrative <laughs> wing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and that's fun because we get to because we get to make up other stuff that's fun too. Like you know, in in that run, we had the the two superheroes that that are nighttime superheroes, the possum and the cockroach. You know? <laughs> so he meets them, and you know, have a lot of fun with that stuff, and and you know, just whatever kind of crazy stuff that we can kind of think of that just is is then fun, you know, and and it, it's that here's this kind of unreal situation, and how would things play out within that? that situation if it were quote unquote real life. Right. Right. Yeah. Like my favorite part is just doing the more trivial things. Not like, I mean, the granted it's great to have a monster attack the city, but I just like the idea of how would a superhero make the coffee or, you know, what could go wrong? Uh, I think there was a, a, one of the one shots we did. Um, Dr. Entropy. She's just like still in her PJs and like, there's like a t- tentacle monster. We, that seems to be a running pattern now that I think about it. Yeah. We, we, huh. we clearly have issues. A lot of tentacle monsters. Yes. Yeah. Is there some inaccuracy going story on? that's probably not safe for children? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's why that lady was so offended the first time. <laughs> oh God! Actually, I do have a tentacle story and an offended lady. <laughs> oh no! But only one uh, tentacle, and only one lady. Uh, well, <laughs> she was. She wasn't so much offended; it was disappointed, wasn't it? <laughs> probably a little bit of both. <laughs> but let's just say a, a Google search might find the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, uh, Adrian, uh, so you remember the Anime Fest, New York Anime Fest? Oh, boy. Yes, I do. Yeah, so um, my buddies and I <laughs> got the idea of of, go- of going to New York Anime Fest dressed as a tentacle monster and photobombing people. So are you the guys that started the issue? I was never, I was never asked to leave. Let's just go with that. Because I was photobombing people, one of the parents of the kids, I, I wouldn't say kids, I... I assumed she was a lot older, but <laughs> she kind of got in my face about photobombing her daughter. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> 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 but 
But I did get a really cool photo of the entire Sailor Moon Scouts holding my tentacles. So that That's was cool. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer when that sort of got phased out, but then it's like each year they kept getting pushed further and further into obscurity, and I really felt bad because like that final year where it's like I couldn't even find it. There was a point where they had their own section. Right. But is that even still around? I mean, I haven't even seen it. I think as Reed, like their version, I don't think it exists anymore. Because I know there was like, they used to do two of them, like one was in the summer, but then they merged them. But then, yeah, I don't know, maybe it just wasn't like viable for them. But it's kind of a bummer because I thought it was really cool. And I know anime isn't as like huge as it was like at the time, like let's say Bleach was really popular a couple years back. There's still a strong following. Yeah, that's what I was weird about it, because you know, those guys are dedicated as hell when it comes to anime. So, I mean, shoot, yeah. you tell them there's a place that they can show up, they're there. I'm actually surprised, because like, I, I have a lot of people ask me if I can do anime. I can try, but I, don't, I wouldn't never do it as much justice as some of the, the people who do that all the time. But it's surpri- surprising that I, don't, I see a couple people do anime, but I don't see the amount that I saw before. And I remember there was a point when they had their own section. Right. And I just assumed it was still there, but I hadn't seen it. Yeah, I think it kind of pops up, like, in, I don't even think in terms of actual guests. Like, I mean, shoot. I remember the one year, um, what's the guy, oh, shoot, what's the TM Revolution, where he actually did one of, like, the concerts there? And I thought that was pretty cool. And I actually um, got into a, not really a verbal altercation, but I did get accosted by, like, the guy who, like, runs Comic-Con. Oh, that's good. The camera I used to use was also a video camera, so I think they thought I was like filming the show, but I was just taking stills because they 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 swooped down hardcore because it's like there was no for you know, I, and I kind of screwed up, but I would have thought the same thing. But then I'm showing them, I'm just taking pictures, like oh okay. <laughs> I but I got scared as hell because like they came in really fast. So I'm like oh damn, like no. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that's the, that's the one thing that they're good at. If something bad happens, usually they're on it really quick and you know so they're, they're really good at like making sure things are protected or in order yeah so again it was it was more of a misunderstanding but there was just this deer in the headlights moment where i'm like i've gotten more shit for taking a selfie with my cousin outside of a shopping mall than at a, a comic-con with like you know <laughs> big stars so you know go figure <laughs> Me and my cousin were hanging out in Jersey. We're just taking stuff outside the mall, and all of a sudden, like a security truck, like came storming in, and they were like threatening to confiscate my phone. Like, wait, what's going on? Like, you can't take pictures of the the, the outside of the mall. It's like, no, take a picture of my cousin. And I basically had to stand there and like delete it. And I'm like, all right, I mean, cool. Thanks for keeping us safe, guy. But you're in Jersey. (laughs) What exit? Oh shit! All right, let's see. I only go by my Bloomfield exit, which was 148 or 149. So I, I lived near there, and I don't even know what the hell it is. You lived in Jersey for a while? I was in Clifton for two years. Get the hell out of here. I'm in Jersey City, actually, right now, uh, but originally from Queens. Oh, shit. Okay, I know Clifton. It's like right next door to Patterson, where I grew up. Why does it say Secaucus every time I try- come see you? My, uh, my GPS insists that you're in Secaucus, not in Jersey City. I don't know what the hell's wrong with your GPS. Oh, big I mean, it, I guess is, is Jersey City part of Secaucus? I don't know. It's the next town over. I know that. I'm a New Yorker, so Jersey's still this nebulous void. <laughs> I don't even say that I live here. <laughs> I just happen to rent in Jersey. <laughs> but Jersey City never gets love because again, I think it always gets mistaken for like that other part of Secaucus no one wants to talk about. It has its history, but it's gotten a lot better. And to me, it's become like my favorite part of Jersey. Because it reminds me of New York. I, I, I walk around the neighborhood, and I, I think I'm in Queens sometimes, if I squint. And you can make left turns, so there's that. 
that's a very vital thing to have. <laughs> yes. I, I still can't get over that whole thing. And this is why I don't drive to come see you very often. Yes. I that's why I don't drive, period. <laughs> <laughs> so is it just you just drive into town and get like really scared? You're like, oh god, this is that part of town. Dude, no joke. The reason I'm in Jersey is because of uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at one point. Whenever I'd come visit her using GPS, I'd always get lost the moment I'd get out of the tunnel. It was just like my GPS was just like, I I just don't. I give up. (laughs) I have no idea where I'm going. (laughs) And it's just ever since then, it's scared the crap out of me. (laughs) The few times like when Eileen and I are in Jersey, we got to drive back to New York. There's always this one ramp we have to drive onto that the GPS always gets wrong. We always end up fighting at this exact spot every time we're coming from Jersey and we're probably going to be there next week and I know shit's going to go down so I'm just going to basically get it out of the way now because <laughs> GPS like it hates going like it knows you're in Jersey and it knows you're driving back to New York and I don't know maybe it's just because I'm in there because they know that me driving in New York is not a fun thing. I get viciously angry as a new yorker coming to jersey that's you know there's a void that opens up like nope (laughs) does does it just do the robotic voice you have entered jersey yeah (laughs) well that's actually pretty good (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah you don't realize uh mark is actually the voice for siri there's a fucking voice in many things right yeah bastard Oh God, no, not that! <laughs> oh, you're not. If, there's, like it, if there was ever anything that, would <laughs> made, that made me want to kill Mark, it's his Boston and his Irish. <laughs> hey, fuck you, you fuck yeah! <laughs> spent half a fucking day down in fucking Southie. We spent an entire car trip, I think, at least an hour of a come back from Boston, and and I just oh, did the Boston accent the entire time. Wait, who was driving? That's the important question. <laughs> me, Mark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, see, now I know that you guys are in this for the long haul, because you know what? If you're willing to deal with an hour of that in a car, then you know what? You've got to be friends. Well, I think so far the worst drive we have on record is going down to Charlotte. Oh, God. That had two incredibly bizarre incidents, too. We um, we were driving through one of the mountain ranges, and we're almost kind of coming down you know, through North Carolina. We're getting really close to Charlotte, and there was no one in front of us on the road. There was no one in back of us. We're on this highway just way overlooking, you know, the kind of the valley and all, you know, way up in the, in the mountains. And we just started hearing this noise that sounded like, you know, when your tires hit the, uh, the side of the road where they kind of put all the grooves through the, you know? Yeah. And we're like, Oh crap. You know, there's no cars around us. What what could possibly be making that noise? Is, Is my car doing that? And then suddenly you just, boom, we got this sonic boom. And like, Two or three fighter planes just zoomed right over us. What the frig? Literally, they were so close to us, it felt like they buzzed us on purpose. I mean, it was that like freaking crazy. Top gun. Crazy. They probably knew you were there. So it's just like, <laughs> might as well. Oh, they're like, hey, way, look, so- Connecticut plates. <laughs> when are we going to realize that Connecticut is just no longer part of the, the tri-state area? It really wants to be, though. It, only Fairfield County, really. Everything else is pretty much like you get a certain point above Fairfield County and it's all basically Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Yeah, but it's like, who would we even replace it with? I mean, I'm definitely not throwing Pennsylvania in there. Mm-mm. But granted, you did say Steelers earlier, which, yeah, that's going to be a fight. But um, 
bring it. Screw the, screw the Steelers, the Penguins, Flyers. All y'all can just go kiss my ass. But anyway. Oh! You, 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 you lost me in the first two, but you brought me back around with a third one. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to throw the Phillies in there, but you know what? Or the 76ers, but you know what? They're already defeated. You can't even make fun of them. What? Do people still watch baseball? What? I don't know. Do they? Like, it's weird. I never, and I, I'm happy about it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm so happy that there's more hockey talk on my Twitter feed than there ever is baseball, even during, like, playoff season, and it's a glorious thing. The problem with Arsenal is they just walk it in. <laughs> so, okay, so help me out here. What is the deal with Arsenal? Because I swear to God, every day they're trending. I have no idea. I'm just making that, um... That IT crowd <laughs> reference because I am the resident non-sports guy, so and I pride myself on that. So you're basically the guy's like, oh, did you see that ridiculous? Oh, it was the ludicrous display. That's right, ludicrous display. That's not yeah. Trouble is with Arsenal, they walk it in. <laughs> Whenever Mark meets somebody with like, uh, what was it, the, the the Penguins or the the Steelers? Dollars. Whenever he sees them with, with it, I just kind of roll my eyes and I just kind of put my, my you know put my head down. I'm like, Mark, your friends here. <laughs> and I just sit there like and cho- try to tune it out. <laughs> Going downtown to see the Stillers play. We worked in a place that had that had a very strong sports presence, and I think um, my lead at the time he he liked a team that had a rivalry with your team. Was that was that the this, well, this, this he was a Rangers fan, right? Yeah. This team considers it a rivalry. Wait, okay. which team is this? He thought he was a Rangers fan. Yeah. Oh, see, that's. No, well, I mean, look, I'm from Jersey. Like, what? Do get, I don't. Get, I mean, granted, I don't give a shit about the Penguins, but you know, you guys are you're kind of stuck in a particular moment. But I'm not gonna go there. But no, I, I think we can band together. Like, it's weird. Like, most of my other friends who are into other teens, we usually band together over our strong hate for the Rangers. Which, um, <laughs> Mike Driscoll, if you're listening, I'm sorry, buddy, but I no, I can't do. That. <laughs> Me, as someone who doesn't really care about either team but loves a good prank, I helped both sides <laughs> prank each other, which was really oh. fun. Because <laughs> like we, we worked not too far from the NFL store, so I think Mark and I, we went in there and got a bunch of, um, was it Flyers stuff? And we just stuck it all over his office? Yeah, we stuck it all, yeah. Oh my god, how much did he rage? Uh, he, uh, he, he, sure. Yeah, he liked so much. He was not. He was not happy. I, I I did suffer a bit because of it, but it was still. I I, I took it in stride, um, because the, then I worked with him to get back at Mark, <laughs> so that worked out. The 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 best prank I played though was one of the women in the office is a huge Rangers fan, and she she got me pretty good with putting stuff up all over my office. So I waited until after the Rangers lost the cup to the Kings, and oh we, god, yes, we I must have made, I don't know, 50, at least 50 different, you know, LA Kings, uh, holding the cup <laughs> pictures just, and, and I put them, I, she was still finding them two years later. Oh In my fact, God. She, she, yeah. She, she, at one point she's, she's like, she's like, Oh, and I found this one. Am I done? I'm like, you're not done yet. <laughs> I yeah, found he this wasn't one. even working there at, and he's, they still found them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I've been gone for a year, and she's like, I just found this, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I swear, that was the hardest part about um, when I started uh, dating Eileen, where 
I had to take my Jersey ass into Penn Station during that whole Stanley Cup run on the drunk train because it always be late. So it's just a bunch of, oh, we want the cup. We want the cup. And then it's like they're looking at me and I'm clearly rolling my eyes. And one guy looks at me and he's like staring me down because I'm like, okay, I, he must know that I'm pissed off. But then I didn't realize I'm like, oh, he sees the little like what looks like the outline of a red 30 on my shirt underneath my jacket. And I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot I was wearing this today. Why would I do that? <laughs> but the best was coming to New York the night that they, or is it leaving New York? I can't remember. It was the night they lost to the Kings. Oh. I've never been more well-rested in my life because everybody was silent. <laughs> like, all of them were basically either drunk or asleep, dreaming that they were back in 1994. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the Rangers. <laughs> how's, how's this for a fact? This, this, is, this is the thing I love when, when anyone who's a Rangers fan starts to get you know, starts yelling at me about, uh, like, whatever. I really don't care. I don't have a whole lot of grief against the Rangers because whatever. But I always laugh. I tell them, you know, you have the same amount of cups that we do, and we've been in the league half the time you have. <laughs> you got to play this game back when there were only five other teams. <laughs> How didn't you get about 20 cups? <laughs> oh, snap. You think you get about one in six, right? Did I do that right? <laughs> I feel bad. Alex is just like, you know what? Can I just leave now? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's okay. I, I, I'm just, I'm drawing right now. So I'm just tuning him out. <laughs> it's how it always ends up like, okay. Yeah. Sports. Well, it's like, it's <laughs> the best part is it's it, growing up with my brother who was a soccer hooligan. So like, this is tame in comparison to what him and his friends have done and things that I've seen. Like the few times I've gone to soccer games, either here or in, or in Greece, it was just like, there's armed police officers here at this stadium. Yeah, that's, that's, shit's going to go down <laughs> if, <laughs> if the wrong team loses. <laughs> I mean, granted, I talk a lot of nonsense, but it's all in good fun. And yeah. I hate to say it, but uh, back in the day, some of my favorite games were Ranger games. Not because of the team, but like my dad used to get tickets from like this guy at work. And the one ticket was like, I guess they're kind of like VIP. But it was basically like, you know, right there in the ice, you know, behind the box and, you know, people like taking orders and I got one of the pucks from practice and I was like, all right, you know what? I'm not a Rangers fan, but you know what? As a love for hockey, this is a pretty cool place to be. But of course it was the year after Gretzky retired. So it's like, damn dude, I was at Gretzky's last game. Oh, I would have cried. I was a great, it was a, that was a tough, like everyone was emotional. You could not, not be emotional. And it was great for me. Like as a Penguins fan, Yager was still with the team. We won the game because Yager scored in overtime and, uh, you know what I mean? You got and got to see Wayne retire, and dude, we we hung out and and we applauded for him for like twenty minutes. I mean, it wasn't we were there for a long time. It wasn't like oh, okay, hey, five minutes, he's on, whatever. It was an experience, man. I've got some photos. I've got, I still have the tickets. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. He's getting teary right now thinking about it. I am. But, like, I think, you know what, anybody who was a fan of the game or played it, you, you know, you gave credit where credit's due because he did so much for the sport. And let's be honest, even now, it's it's kind of a hard sell. I mean, I'm finding more and more people who are into it, which is great. Yeah. But yet, it's not like I'm, it's, it'll probably be a very long time if it's ever on par with the NFL in just terms of just how monumental it is. Because it's like, people don't go nuts about the Stanley Cup like they do, let's say, the Super Bowl. Yeah. 
But yeah, yeah, Gretzky was kind of the face for that, or you know, for the the entire sport, and everybody knew who he was, even if you didn't like it. So when he left, it was very hard to kind of get that feeling. And I know they've been chasing Gretzky in a way, like you know, chasing that, you know, because then you know Sidney Crosby was going to be next Gretzky, and so on and so forth, and yeah. things like. I, but it just it just won't happen. Yeah, I think Gretzky's like one of the few hockey guys who I I recognize by name. Yeah. So yeah, he's made an impact. Going to get a beer if I happen to lose you. Just let me know. As an outsider, it was always funny to me. People arguing about their favorite teams. To me, it was like people arguing about Marvel versus DC or like which Avenger was better or something like that. It's just like, it's like, wow. Because I mean, growing up and being called a, you know, a nerd about comics and stuff, I'm like, you guys are quoting stats like you should be playing D&D. It's the same thing, though. It totally is. You know, on that level, I can actually appreciate it, even though it might kind of get annoying just not having anything to say about it or any interest. But I, I get it and I respect it, you know, uh, especially with like people like Mark and Josh. They, they can talk about all this all day. But what coming day. from is a place of love and a place of understanding the intricacies of the game. And it's not like I haven't tried. I actually, I, you know, like I said, my brother was a big sports fan. I've had friends who were into sports. You know, I've tried. I've I've tried. Tried. He keeps mistaking sports for sporks. <laughs> you know what? You want to know the funniest part? Super Bowl weekend usually falls around my birthday. That's the funniest part. So you get pretty much ignored while everybody else parties for reasons not related to you? <laughs> I, I, I learned the hard way when I would try to go bar hopping on my birthday and then, you know, seeing all, you know, trying to avoid sports bars and then everything turns into a sports bar. <laughs> so, yeah. But the worst part is this, this year I happened to be in Georgia during the Super Bowl with my wife's family. I get in the door. Her aunt's like, who, who do you support? I was like, uh, our troops? What, what am I supposed to say here? <laughs> what, Hail what Cthulhu, dark overlord. <laughs> yeah. And like, I was trying to joke with it. You know, I'm like, you know, she's like, what team? I'm like, I don't know, Avengers? <laughs> and before, before my wife had to explain, like, no, he, he doesn't follow sports. I'm like... Him, him no sports. Yeah. And the best part is I didn't even know... Who the, I mean, I knew, I knew of the Falcons and the Patriots. I didn't know where they were from. <laughs> and then, you know, like as the as the weekend's progressing, I was like, "Wait a second, they're, they're a Georgia team." Fuck. <laughs> I've heard that there's a bird called the Falcon. <laughs> My exposure to hockey wasn't even as the sport itself. I was in an arcade, and they had a hockey video game, and I was like, "Okay, let me check this thing out." And then the fight breaks out in the game, and I had to fight it. Like it, it went from like a, a sports game to Street Fighter. I was like, "Wait, is this real? Is this, like, is this actually how this game is played?" It's like, "Can I do a Hadouken? Like, are you crazy?" Yeah, right. <laughs> I was at a boxing match, and a hockey game broke out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, let's talk comics right now, because I mean, shoot, you guys got a bunch of whole stuff coming up. The committee issue two is going to be coming out real soon. It's uh, we're getting the letters done. Everything else is all set. We just uh, we need to get the letters done, and then um, we're good to go. This this one was a lot of fun, um, and, and James has really, you know, he's he's really done some interesting things with this issue. So I, I won't I won't get too much into it because I don't want to give it all away. But um, right. I, I think his forte is is, is pencils, and, and he does very good inks. And uh, one of the things he did in this issue that was really really cool, we um, we, we did had, it all in colored pencil. <laughs> <laughs> with crayons, with crayons. And he didn't have 64 of them he only had 8 old school crayons yeah 
Yeah. Oh, he did that shit with a rolling pin. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He got a little charcoal out from outside and just, yeah. But no, one of the cool things he really, really he did do is um, in, in order to kind of give a little bit of a break from reality within this one scene, he's got about six to eight pages there that he did the colors. And then, you know, our, our, our normal colorist, who, who uh, Esther, who did the rest of the book, um, you know, she, she did her style. But there's this kind of break right in the middle of the book where it's his colors. And, and uh, they're very, very cool stuff. Gives a little bit more of an otherworldly sort of uh, sort of look. Big, big props to him because he did a lot of this book. And it's going to be really, really cool when you guys see it. I would have never really known James had it not been for you guys. I mean, maybe I would have in a roundabout way, but it was just cool because I think you guys nope, had... Nope. You would have met him only because of us. Yeah, it's our <laughs> fault. Yeah, yeah, definitely our fault. Yeah, yeah, our fault. <laughs> wow, that's that's a reference. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely a reference. But that's what I love about you guys, you know, and everybody talks a big game about community and comics and indie whatnot and supporting each other. And a lot of people say it, but, you know, you guys in your various ways really do live that. You know, you guys are a very close-knit team. You know, you're kind of everywhere, and that's really awesome. And I really do appreciate, you know, of course, staying with James with the committee. And, you know, I was super shocked because I had heard rumblings about, like, let's say, the roundtable. But I didn't really know too much about who was going to be on it. So then when I saw the programs, like, Mark, and I was like, oh, my God, I know those guys. Like, that's awesome. Like, I was, well, granted, I was shocked, then super excited, then got scared. <laughs> All at the same time. <laughs> that's like the stages of grief. First, there's denial. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, acceptance. <laughs> so what's really the next step then? I mean, I don't know like what the game plan is, so I don't know if there's anything else you can tease on the horizon. Because, I mean, you guys have been around for a little bit, but, you know, what's next for Wayward Raven? Well, one of the things that's really cool, we're, we're very, very close to finishing Signed. Which is kind of ironic because I think it's the third of the books that we um, we started on, and uh, we're we're getting close on Horseman too. I, I actually, where issue four is progressing very nicely and uh, should be done certainly this year. Um, our goal is to actually have issue four and five done and, and roll that all up into a trade and, and close that out. But uh, signed, we're actually in the process of working on the colors right now for book five. There are only six books. Wayne is about halfway done with uh, with book six, and uh, we're going to roll right in the colors, and then, um, you know, the hope is that we can get the letters done, and, and if I play my cards right, there's there's a chance that we might be able to bring the entire trade out to San Diego Comic-Con with us in July. Oh, that's right. You guys are going to San Diego. Uh, congratulations. Ah, thank you. We're, we're super excited about it, because we haven't done a West Coast Con yet. We've been pretty East Coast-centric, and... and uh, it's it's a pretty awesome honor, really, for them to have looked at our work and said you're you're good enough to be out here. We're we're really really pumped about that. Absolutely, and I mean, considering you keep, this is your first one, you kind of have to rep East Coast really big. And it's funny, like mm-hmm. the East Coast West Coast thing translates into comics, also, <laughs> and not in the way of there being beef, but it's totally a different game out there. It, no, it's it's definitely. I mean, I've I've been out that way enough, and you know, but never in a in an official comic capacity and. It's I, I'm really, really looking forward to it. You know, I know we put in all the room assignments, all that stuff kind of way to hear on that. We're booking separate planes. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how we roll. Yeah. 
I know that it's like logistically impossible because it probably crashes through each other. I'm just imagining you two flying in two small planes that are next to each other, and somehow you're managing to stare each other down, like out of each other's windows. <laughs> just yeah, there's that yeah that that cold that that kind of weird. Uh, oh no, no. God, that's, I'm that's I'm picturing like biplanes with goggles and scarves, smoking cigars, like ah. <laughs> Like why 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 do I have to be the Red Baron? What the hell's going on? <laughs> I don't know. I I had kind of this weird Family Guy moment, you know, when they kind of like you, you, like Peter and the chicken. You know what I mean? When they yeah. first yeah. encounter, done, done, done. No, seriously, we're, we're putting him in cargo. Oh. <laughs> but it was I've got my a, request. I've got a little, I've got my a request. I was like, all I asked for is like a bed of sawdust, you know, like one of those little watering things. Sir, your finest sawdust. (laughs) (laughs) With fresh squeeze urine. (laughs) I have to eat and piss here, damn it. (laughs) He's like, shut up and eat your pellets. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, so before we close out though i have to ask other than the work that you two were doing uh what other books are you reading if anything ancillary sword right now by ann lecky fucking great stuff imagine an ai's computer brain crammed into an actual human's body and brain and uh it's 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 interesting it's the second book in the series but uh ancillary justice is the first one and, and uh i'm i'm about uh, third of the way through Ancillary Sword, and it's it's great stuff. If if you're a sci-fi fan, it's it's fantastic. I've been on a big Star Wars trip right now. I've been reading a lot of the um the newer expanded universe books, the ones that I think might be actually canon. Like I'm uh, right now, I'm reading the um the prequel novel to Rogue One, where it talks about you know Galen Erzo and how he kind of came up. And before that, I was reading the Tarkin book and the Darth Plagueis book. Although the idea of building the empire lately has been kind of depressing <laughs> for reasons I will not get into. <laughs> so I think I need to switch gears after this book. <laughs> <laughs> a little too close to home. A little, little bit. Skosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a total bummer. Like, I've even had a hard time watching Captain America The Winter Soldier because that's like my favorite Marvel movie so far. And yet, the last time I watched it, I'm like, yeah, oh no. <laughs> and it's like yeah no thanks which is i think why the whole secret empire thing that's about to kick off i'm kind of not too thrilled about only because it's a lot different when it doesn't seem like fiction anymore and i don't know if maybe that this is like a weird backhanded way of like commentary on it without it you know directly hinting at it i don't know and i'm not gonna sit there and make assumptions but I can't act like it hasn't really just... I, I kind of slumped in my chair a little bit because I'm like, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of with you on that. Um, when I when I first heard the the, um, the whole Captain America Hydra thing, I was just thinking it was just going to be like what they did with Daredevil when they made him kill everybody and then, oh, sorry, I was possessed or whatever their excuse was. So I'm just waiting for that for them to reboot Captain America to a hero again so we could forget that he was, you know... I mean, it's like... It sucks. Like, there's... I think there's probably been more horrible Captain America runs than good ones. He was a werewolf, wasn't he? Wasn't at one time. (laughs) So (laughs) 
like, what do you really do with that character that, and I'm not saying, like, he can't be well-written, because, I mean, obviously the yeah. Brubaker stuff is pretty much legendary at this point, but I think that was really the only Captain America run that I was super into, and even then I kind of fell off, because obviously after Civil War and him getting assassinated, I had dropped it, because I'm like, well, there's no point in reading this, I wanted to find out that, wait a minute, oh, this is actually still going on. I honestly, I haven't, I haven't read the current, the current run, so I only kind of just know what I've been hearing. I mean, so I have, I have no feelings against the run itself, but the idea of what they did with Captain America, it does smell a little too much of like, hey, let's do something different that you're not expecting by taking this and turning it, you know, in a different direction. So, I mean, I, I guess maybe I might be in the minority here, but I, I think it's, it was an interesting idea. The timing kind of sucked. But I do wonder, like, I mean, that's it's actually the problem. We always talk about, um, you know, indie versus the big two. It's like, at the end of the day, they can't get rid of certain characters. They can't, yeah. any change they make to a character can't be permanent. And that, to me, kind of loses something, loses the, the appeal for me to read it. Like, at least, like, when I heard they killed off Captain America back during Civil War, that's actually what got me to go back and read the Brubaker stuff. Because I was like, oh, that's that's different. That's interesting. But you can only do that a handful of times. So yeah, you're, you're kind of right there. There's only so much they can do with Captain America. But whereas everyone was raging over it, I was like, no, fuck it. Do it. Do something different. If it sucks, who gives a fuck? We like stuff that ends. One of the things that we like about making what we make is, is dead's dead. Over's over. Look, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, so-and-so's kid comes along and you can talk about them or whatever. But, you know, once it's done, it's done. And, and, there's only so much you can do at some point with one character or a bunch of characters. And I, you know, like Alex alluded to, I get it's a product, you know, Coca-Cola is going to ride Coca-Cola until no one drinks it anymore. You know? yeah, and I, I kind of, I do applaud what DC was doing for a while. And that Marvel's, I think getting the courage to do it more is like, is making change is either passing on the mantle or trying new characters, which is always cool. Like for me, right. Um, you know, as a, as a hardcore Marvel fan for a while, I, I was, I stepped off. And then when I found out, like, you know, um, the whole thing of, like, uh, making, you know, the new Miss Marvel or Silk or Spider-Gwen, you know, trying to take these new characters. I mean, yeah, even though the, it might be the same branding, it's it's a new spin on an existing character, but it's not changing the character that I know. It's it's breathing a new life into it. So, like, even um, with passing the shield on to Bucky or to Sam Wilson, you know, I was like, okay, that's cool. cool. I can yeah. get behind that. And it made sense with those two characters. Yeah, totally. The problems were going too much in one direction. Now it's every movie is pretty much an existing property or franchise, or you know, it's it, it's more of reboots and I mean, I never not reboots and sequels, but it's existing properties in a new form or or what more of the same. And, and there's less attempts to make something new. And I'll, I'll even admit, there's I think now we're getting to that point where people have also gotten tired of it. And I'm, I am starting to see more new properties, either new franchise attempts or just new standalone things. Like Get Out yeah. is, is is a good example. That's like some, it's more indie. Like maybe that's where where it's going to come from. Maybe it's like as there's more backing towards the indie scene for comics and movies, you'll start to see more new things. So you know, like that's something to look forward to. The difficult thing, the thing that just drives me crazy, is that I feel like you're not trying that much. When someone comes along and says, <laughs> "Hey, this is trending now." Let's take this existing thing and make it into that, or you know, let's. And, and movies are particularly guilty of it, but comics, 
you know, they do it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why don't you just go out and make a good movie or a good character or a good book that incorporates those elements if that's something you want to do, you know? You know what? Um, I, I had a, had a mentor, a teacher who had once said, don't chase trends. Don't, yeah. don't go write because everybody else is doing it. Write what you want to write and how you want to write it. And look, you might miss, right? You know, people might be like, why are you writing about werewolves? Vampires are hot now, you know? But people might look at it and go, this is really good, and I dig your pitch, and I'm going to read your stuff. You know, so we do what we like, and, and we frankly like stuff that ends. And, and that's that's a big, big thing for us. You know, we're, we're going to finish the series, and when it's over, it's over. We're going to put it to bed, and we're going to work on something new. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Dead is Dead is on your website, like, in big, bold letters. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, like, that's kind of badass. <laughs> no, but, but the exception to that is Damn Heroes, because in that one, it'll never end, and we're always chasing trends because we're lampooning them. So we got both <laughs> So it's like, we're not, we're not perpetuating, we're subverting. No, I think the term is cashing in. Yeah, yes. <laughs> We're in fact, in fact, we're cashing in so hard we're not cashing in at all. That's <laughs> yeah. how fucking trendy we it's are. It's hipster. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Let me go turn on my Halo Bar mustache. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, like you know, we're gonna keep doing what we're doing, and we're gonna try our best to help push it as far as we can. And I'd like to think that at some point, because you know, I'm not gonna lie, there's some days where it's like, is this even really worth it? But you know, the it's it's gonna keep going as much as it can. At the end of the day, like, that's why I'm so glad to why I get to talk to you, you know, you guys and so many others, because it's kind of depressing sometimes because it always just seems like no matter what, it's going to end up being the same thing. But there's so many people who are willing to, you know, stake their, you know, livelihoods or their time to put out something that people wouldn't get otherwise or hadn't seen before. So, yeah, you know what? Like anything else, it has to start somewhere. So I know it sounds really kind of a little heavy handed, but you know, I appreciate the work that you and other creators have done for the medium. Cause like I said, it's, it is changing. It has changed and it will continue to do so and hopefully for the better. There are a lot of unbelievably talented people who have chosen this profession and I'm amazed. And, and it's not just, it's not just the stuff that's running through Marvel and DC and image and dark horse and, some of the bigger brands, some of the guys that are out there, they're amazing. I mean, some mm-hmm. of the stuff that we've seen and the people we've got a chance to hang out with, and they're not mm-hmm. always the superstars, are, are pretty damn amazing. And by the way, it is it is tough and it can beat you down a bit. Um, there are days you're just like, man, you know, why, why am I here? Why am I doing this? It's It's tough. But – there is no more amazing feeling than when someone comes up to you and, and, and makes a point to come back and, and say to you, you know what? I read this and I saw this and it was amazing and I loved it. And that, you know, you could have, you could have the shittiest con. You could sell one book, but if, if that one person comes back and tells you, man, this is, this is the greatest book I've read in a long time, right? Or just whatever. I loved it and, and I enjoyed it. I you know, it makes the con worth it. Mark, Alex, thanks guys <laughs> for saying that. Well, and thank you. Yeah, we may have to, we just have to do a, one, a part two at one point. Alex will just have to sit in the corner and be like, hockey, hockey, hockey. There might be a comic book talking all of them. 
No, but seriously, though, you're a good sport, man. Thanks. And I know we kind of felt like we left you out for a little bit. But... Again, dude, I, I was I was drawing. So in fact, I just I just popped up um some flats on my site. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. However, I know we talked about it at some point, but I know we got to get James back on because I know you two have talked about um what was it was it Final Fantasy? I think we were talking one day on Facebook. You, me, and him need to get on there and start talking Final Fantasy because yeah, that that needs to happen. The only problem is though, if we talk Final Fantasy six. You might actually see a grown man cry on his own fucking podcast. Because, <laughs> no, that game is depressing, but it's it's gorgeous. One of my two favorite games that just both happen to be Square. And it's influenced so much of my art style and my writing ideas. I mean, there's like there's like a story that's been running through my head for the past few years that I've been trying to, like, shape. If you read it knowing Final Fantasy VI... You'd be like, oh, this, 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 this is exactly where you got that idea from. It's so much part of me, like more so than comics, actually, because it's, you know, I was playing those games before. I mean, before I got really into comics. Since when do you have an art style? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucked up, man. Oh, that's, uh, hit a new low. Oh, and, and, <laughs> and this podcast hits a new low. Well, before we pretty much drive this right off the cliff, though, in the spirit of self-promotion, please tell everybody where they could find you, your work, and anything else that you feel like plugging. Absolutely. You, you, can, you can always go to waywardraven.com. You can get all of our stuff there, everything from our books to our comic books to merchandise. Um, you can always go to Damn Heroes. Uh, it's free all the time. And, uh, you know, you certainly find us on uh, places like Comixology, and we're out in a few of your uh, comic book stores and things like that, too. So. You know, checks out. Yeah, so everything Mark Mark said is true. I think we also have our personal Twitters too. Um, Twitter is pretty much, I think, the best way to get to us. I mean, we have the Facebook yeah. page that uh, we were on Instagram and Tumblr as well. What, what are um, the names of those pages? That would be facebook.com slash wayward raven media. Um, do you have a Twitter handle? <laughs> I do have a Twitter handle, but given that my Twitter handle is so fucking complicated and most people can't spell it, um, your best bet would be if you search for ASAP, you might get someone other than me. So to make things a lot easier, actually, by the time this episode launches, you could probably go to ASAPCanDraw.com, and that that's the probably going to be the best way to find me. I'm even on Patreon now. So <laughs> Very cool. And obviously all of my social media stuff you'll hear at the end of the theme because Eileen does it so much more eloquently than I ever could. Mine would just kind of be rambled through and thankfully she does it. It's very, it's very articulate, very cool, very concise. But again, Wayward Raven, check these guys out because they're just awesome creators in general. However, I will, I will argue that maybe there should be a companion called Darn Heroes that's kind of like aggressively G-rated version. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yes uh, <laughs> even if it's just a one shot like I think it'd be great that might be the next April Fool's <laughs> yeah yeah that beats me drawing in a crown again <laughs> in light of that story um, that'll do it for this episode of Adrian Has Issues and uh, we will see You there, Adrian? Uh, Did we yeah, you? that's all right. I'll we see you guys later. Whatever. Totally lost it. <laughs> Be sure to Google for Wayward Raven or Wayward Raven Media and find everything Wayward Raven related. <laughs> there, I'll sign you off. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Adrian Has Issues. Please be sure to visit adrianhasissues.com to stream or download our other great episodes. Like us on Facebook at Adrian Has Issues, on Instagram at Adrian Has Issues Pod, and follow us on Twitter at Adrian Has Issues. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and on the Satchel Podcast app, available on iOS and Android. Adrian Has Issues is a proud member of the Nerd Sloth Network, home to such great podcasts as Nerds on Tap, Cinefreak Critique, and Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom. Visit them at nerdsloth.com.